Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back. Welcome back to an athlete's journey. I'm your host, Travis Reed. Today I got a special guest. Somebody who I just met recently, but is a good, good person. Somebody who I kind of admire. He doesn't know it, but I kind of admire his business savvy and what he's doing right now. Um, super successful. We got, you know, we got some things coming up together pretty soon. So I definitely wanted to get him on the show because his story and his journey is one of great success. And for somebody, some things for people to listen to because uh, everybody you know, wants to see the, you know, NBA star or the uh, baseball star or whatever the case is, but you got to see what happens, how successful people do if they don't make it to the top, you know? So his, his, his journey is one that he's been great, greatly as far as an athlete and great as far as a person and individual business wise. So definitely want to say thank you. It's been, it's going to be a pleasure to interview, interview you and uh, please introduce yourself to the people. Well, Travis, thanks for having me. My name is Damon Lemby, and I am the CEO of Learn It. And Learn It is a corporate training company. We're based out of the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. I live in Sausalito, California, up north. I know you're down south. Mm-hmm. And I've been I've been running Learn It for about uh, 28 years. Mm-hmm. Well, no. And like I said, Sausalito, for people that don't know, is a very, very nice area. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, in Northern California, I lived in Sacramento for a minute, so I know, uh, Sasali, I've heard of it, you know, so you gotta yeah. be doing pretty good. <laughs> hey, it, it, yeah, it's a beautiful place. It's, it's a little expensive. So keeps me on my toes. Oh. Travis keeps me on my toes. Two little kids and living in Sausalito definitely keeps me on my toes, but I'm grateful <laughs> and blessed to be able to, to live in this area. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Look. I I had a friend whose family lives in, you know, uh Palo Alto, you know, mm-hmm. up there. And they they lived in like the outskirts of Oakland, I want to say. Was okay. Oakland? And like their rent was like forty five hundred dollars a month for like a, a three bedroom. I said, I thought Calif- Southern California was wow. Northern yeah. California was off the chain expensive. Wow. Well, I, I don't know. I I've you know, my family was in the real estate business for a while. I don't know exactly what it is right now, but it wouldn't be unheard of to pay thirty-two hundred for a one-bedroom in San Francisco <laughs> without parking. Without yeah, parking, that's insane. So, like I said, that's insane. Yeah. So I know, like I said, San Francisco, they obviously is one of the higher-paying cities. I know that yeah. for sure because just the the price, the cost of living is so uh, ridiculous. Yeah, but, uh, we can we can go about that one, uh, you know, another day. But uh, we're gonna get right into your journey. So how did your uh, baseball journey start? So my baseball journey started growing up in the peninsula, in the San Francisco Peninsula, the San Mateo County. You know, we played all our sports growing up, you know, baseball, football, basketball, soccer. And I was really fortunate. I had a a core group of friends, Fred Wolfgram, Dan Toothman, Dave Chesnowski, and great families. And we'd always be out on the sports field. You know, we weren't in, inside screwing around. We were always out playing sports. And um, I would say around my sophomore year, I realized uh, that if I was going to play at the next level, 
I, I had a much better chance. I was lucky. I played varsity baseball and basketball all four years in, mm-hmm. in high school. But, you know, I, I think it was my sophomore year in high school. I hit a home run one day and I was rounding the bases. And I said, if I'm going to if I'm going to make it to the next level, I, you know, six two couldn't really jump. So I, I didn't have much of a career in basketball, I, I thought. So <laughs> um, and so I, uh, I decided to go the baseball route. And uh, I was really fortunate after my senior year in high school, I got drafted by the Atlanta Braves in the 13th round. And it was really my first tough decision. Do I go in as a 17 year old and start minor leagues or I took a, uh, or take a full ride scholarship to Pepperdine. And my parents were cool. They're like, Hey, you know what? This is your choice. You figure out what you want to do. We'll support you either way. And I uh, decided on, uh, going to Pepperdine. Um, and, and I went there, came out of high school as a high school American, went to Pepperdine, really excited. But you know what? Uh, a little intimidated too. I could talk about that more because it was a great learning lesson for me. I got hurt and uh, we didn't have the transfer portal or anything back then. I left, went to a JC called City uh, College of San Mateo. Pepperdine wins the College World Series, which is crazy. Mm. You know, the year after I leave, you know, small D1 school at the time for it, uh, had, a, had a, played a couple of years for a legendary coach named John Nochi. Then I moved over to, I got drafted late by the Yankees. Um, but I went to, then I got a full ride to Arizona State, played there, got to play in the College World Series, which was an amazing opportunity for me, Travis, and uh, hit a home run in the World Series. And I was getting ready to, you know, get drafted and, and get another shot. Didn't get drafted, really, you know, kind of let down and surprised and, I chose not to do the independent ball route, which, you know, my dad was kind of pissed at me for not doing that. And then I just kind of started my work career. And that's where that, that was basically in a nutshell, my, my baseball journey. Mm, okay. Now, now I guess we're going to rewind back a little bit. Of okay. Time. Um, so when I played, it was, we had this thing called AAU basketball, obviously for basketball growing up. Did you play in like, is there a baseball, like little league and all that stuff growing up? Uh, did you just kind of pick up the game a little bit later uh, to be successful as you were? Yeah. I mean, I actually played, I actually played AAU. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but remember this was back in the, in the late eighties for basketball, I played AAU. Uh, and I think okay. it was like in the first couple of years that uh, it was probably even, even going. So it wasn't anywhere as near as popular as it is now. Mm-hmm. Um and at least back then, you know, it was more like you, you just played all the sports where I think today a lot of people are specializing, which I'm not a big fan of. I mean, I'm curious. I want to hear what you think about specializing. But we played everything. And for me, for baseball, I played like Joe DiMaggio League. Um, I, I, I And then, you know, I played on a couple of teams that I got to go travel to Korea and play and, and stuff like that. So um, they didn't have equivalent really for AAU. I think they, they probably do now for baseball, but I, I, I did play on a bunch of traveling teams and all, you know, all American teams, stuff like that. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Um, as far as me playing different sports, I'm all for it. Like you said, they, people wonder why these young kids are getting hurt all the time. You know, Burnt out. Yeah. And these, uh, yeah. like, you know, Zion's and, and Lonzo balls, because, you know, yeah. every, everybody are playing basketball and they're playing like hard basketball since they're, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11. And yeah. AAU has become 
basically like professional basketball. When I played AAU, there was we you travel a couple places basically. Uh, not well, high school was different, but like mm-hmm. let's just say AAU growing up, like you played in Vegas. That was the big tournament. Okay, uh, and then you played in the regionals, which was in California to get to the nationals. And the mm-hmm. nationals obviously were like were the best teams in you know every state. Whoever won their you know thing. Now I, w- I play with this team called ARC with Jason and Jaron Collins. They both play in the NBA, uh, yeah, you know, multiple years. Um, so we went, we won both my years. I you know I played, so we went to the nationals. But you know, like I, I, I also played baseball growing up. I also played football. Now football, I played all the way up to about eighth grade. I was playing wide receiver. I caught the ball and somebody hit my leg, and my dad was yeah, like, oh, "Stop." Good. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. That's it. No more. So I, yeah. I kind of I, I quit or got forced to quit uh after uh after that. You know, my dad was like, oh no, we ain't chancing, yeah. we ain't chance of basketball for you trying to play a hobby, you know, at that time. But yeah, I, right. I, I definitely think that like kids are, you know, like my son, he plays high school basketball, but he didn't play like the AU growing up, and I kind of liked it that way. Yeah. I see how these kids are. They're traveling from California to Texas to Florida to like they like I said they're NBA teams. Yeah. You know? and, yeah, no, I, I yeah, it's, I think it's crazy, you know, it's like I just think it's you're going to get burnt out, you know, like you said, yeah. injured and also burnt out. You know, I I have these parents who come to me and they're like, "Hey, you know what? I want my kid to be like you. I want him to get a, a D1 scholarship to Arizona State or 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 whatever." You know, so I got a hitting coach, I got a pitching coach, I got so on nineteen traveling teams. I don't have the heart to tell them the kid, the kid probably won't even make it on a high school team. But um, I, I just my my recommendation for these parents are let the kids go out and explore and try all the different sports. Do gymnastics, you know. I mean, Lynn Swan, though, great wide receiver, was famous for for doing gymnastics and stuff. But just go out, try everything, see what the kid is excited about. And then I guess specialize later on. But I think I think that, you know, even in like eighth grade and early high school, it's, I mean, the world's changed with NIL and everything. But I, I just think it's good to get out there and, and you know, play different sports, use different muscles and, and develop. No, I, I 100% agree with you. I think that uh, what we do as parents, sometimes we see a kid has talent in one thing or the other. And then we just, oh, so you have talent in basketball. Okay. I'm gonna get you trainers. I'm gonna get you this. I'm gonna get you that. Totally. Yeah. You know, and um, play. I'm gonna play you on the best AAU team. Like AAU back when I was playing, and then AAU now is just a different, a different type of thing. It's not the same. It's more about the money and sponsorships and things like that. So all the players just kind of gang up on one team, and they wonder why the NBA players all want to be on. You know. Join the up, yeah, 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 or whatever that you know. Yeah. Just because when I, you know, like when we were growing up, you had to compete. There was different teams. You stayed on these teams. You had to compete. Um, now it's like, well, you, we're going to just grab this guy, this guy, this guy, this, you know, and just put us all on one team and just dominate. You know, and so it's not, it's not the case uh, where it was. And so for me, I just you know I wish that you know AU wasn't as big as it got. Maybe it calm down, so we would take more emphasis on high school basketball and not this prep stuff. Every every school is like prep this, prep school this. You know, I'm just, I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of it. But you know, hey, to each his own. I can't you know knock it. So yeah, just do what you can. Yeah. So back to you. Um, yeah. 
Now you said you were obviously were as an all American in high school, right? Uh, and you got drafted a long obviously. time ago. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, you're all American, <laughs> all American. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, what would you say your most memorable moment in high school was? You know, my mess, my my most memorable moment in high school, and this is kind of funny, uh, <laughs> sports wise, is my first game on the varsity uh, basketball game. We were, I, I, you know, our, our varsity team was zero and six, and they called me up from the frost off for the first uh, winter league tournament against a team called Jefferson in um, in the city. And Jefferson was stacked; they had great players, guys by the name of like Brian Thomason and, and Dontrell Marshall, who I think you know they played D one at, at Hawaii and different places. And they were planning on just running us like, you know, like, like you guys shouldn't even be the gym against us, you know, <laughs> little Burlingham high school. And it was my first game, you know, and I, I remember I scored 22 points and we lost in the last second in overtime. Wow. Uh, so out of all, I mean, nobody thought we even belonged. And out of all my sports career, it was literally my first basketball game. It was like one of my most memorable moments in high school. We, we almost beat them. Unfortunately, we went out, to be like two and 25 that year. So that's <laughs> <football>. <laughs> well, we, I can understand that. <laughs> we came out, we came out of the gates hot, you know, and you know, Jefferson didn't take us serious. We almost beat him. And I remember Brian Thomason at the uh, top of the key hit a jumper with like seven seconds left to beat us in overtime. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I respect that. I figured you yeah. might go like, you know, something in baseball, but Hey, basketball, 22 <laughs> points is great. It's a great, that's a great memory. As a freshman, first game off the uh, off the you know off the bench. So. No, no, that's that's beautiful. That's that's a heck of a story. Now, yeah. now I do. Uh, do you remember like uh, the difference of like you know college baseball compared to your high school baseball after your first year in college? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was probably similar to you a little bit. But when you're in high school, I mean, you're like the best guy in the in the in the city in the friggin' county. You know, mm-hmm. and you and then you get into you get into college, you get D one, and like everybody's the best player in the city in the county. You know, and it's a it's a it's a next level. And uh, you know, I was I was away from home. I was a little intimidated, kind of worried about whether or not I even belonged. And um, it was just it was just it was a for me. I'm not afraid to admit it. It was a big adjustment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And like you said, like when I went to UCLA, every you know I was quote-unquote, one of the best players in the state, you know, California. Yeah. And then I went to UCLA where everybody was the best players in the state, in the country. The guys were yeah. the best, you know, I was, you know, so, you know, I went I went there uh, in two years of going there. It was about eight or nine NBA players in those two years, you know, that played wow. on the team. So my second year was probably my best. I mean, the most talented team I've ever been on. We had five NBA players and then, four guys who played overseas. So out of the 13 guys, we had nine professional players on the team. So no, that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 And that was a team and that was a team that got upset in the first round. So yeah. (laughs) UCLA has got a, um, like the most unbelievable, you know, reputation in history with, you know, Wooden and everything. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's it's amazing. Yeah, no, I agree. So let me ask you this. What was the hardest thing, uh, from college to your, you know, from high school, what was the hardest thing that you had to make adjustment to? Well, what I, I think a great story I, I recall like it was yesterday 
was, you know, so we're, we're in fall practice at Pepperdine. You know, I'm mm -hmm. coming in as like, you know, the starting third baseman, preseason All-American. And and I got off really, you know, I was really timid and, and, and things didn't go out. And I had this coach, Travis, his name is a Hall of Fame coach. He won two World Series, one Pepperdine and one of the Arizona, Andy Lopez. Mm -hmm. And at our first one-on-one -on -one sit down with me, probably a, a month into the fall ball, he said, hey, Damon, uh, when we brought you on, we thought I thought you would be a uh, great hitting, you know, solid third baseman D one, and he's like, quite honestly, I think we made a mistake. And and Travis Thompson are like, shit, you know, what, what am I gonna, you know what I mean? Like, like how fast am I gonna get out of here? Do I get on the plane? Can <laughs> you know, my mommy pick me up? Who knows, you know? Right. And, right. and so we just kind of sat there, and then he said, you know what? That's not what I think. That's what you think. That's what you. That's what you think about yourself. He's like mentally. You know, he's like, I think you have all the tools you can hit, you can throw, you know, you can be a great third baseman, but it doesn't matter what I think about you. It matters what you think about you. Mm. And so you need to be the one who can step up and, um, and believe in yourself uh, that you, you deserve to be here. And that's, what's going to make, that's, what's going to make a difference. And um, I would like to tell you that I just immediately turned it around. I didn't, I got hurt, but eventually I took what Annie Lopez said, and and that's what got me to to be successful at Arizona State is when I was able to believe in myself, put everything, put all the other stuff aside, and 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 make things happen. That was a tremendous learning lesson for me. You know, at first I, I here I am, eighteen years old. I'm like, oh man, I'm, I, this this guy's just basically telling me I'm terrible. You know, at first, <laughs> I'm, you know, but that's just my perception that I had. I thought of myself. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Sometimes coaches, it's weird. They use kind of brutal tactics in a way to yeah. make you figure out how to, uh, you know, how to deal with certain things. So, yeah. Okay. So what was your greatest triumph and your greatest failure in college? Obviously you had a illustrious career uh, yeah. in college. So what would you say your greatest triumph and your greatest failure was? I think, well, first of all, you know, when I ended up, when I left junior college to go to Arizona State, a lot of my, a lot of people I knew said, you don't want to go to Arizona State. They're going to have 15 first basemen. You're going to, you're, you're just going to be left behind. Mm -hmm. And I said, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a hundred percent. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'm going to, and, and that's, and I've kind of learned, you know, how to get over the imposter syndrome by what I learned. I, I, what I did was I, I was the first guy on the field, the last guy to leave every day. I worked really hard, put in the extra, you know, repetitions. I really focused, you know, my second step was I really focused on getting things done. And third, I, um, you know, I just, I, I kind of let it go. I said, you know, I've, I've, I'm not going to worry about what other people think. I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to bust my ass. If this doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But at least mm -hmm. I know that I gave my best shot. And, and, and really, Travis, that's what I've kind of used. I got a funny story for a sec, but that's what I've kind of used my, so I would say my greatest triumph was not only just making the team, but then being the starting first baseman, getting the support of all the other players, you know, on the team. And I ended up number two in, um, in hitting that year, second, second, second in the league in hitting, but my individual triumph that was really uh, great was, in the College World Series, we had this legendary coach named Jim Brock, who's, you know, pretty hard ass, you know, and he um, he was dying of cancer and and he came and he was on the field with us. 
you know, and, you know, we're, we're playing the first game on, on CBS. Remember this was before the internet and everything. And uh, he didn't, you know, he didn't have much, much to go. And we were uh, much left to live and we're playing uh, Miami in game one in, in Rosenblatt field in, in, in Omaha. So my first time up, I got guys on second and third, I strike out. I'm like, shit, this is not going well. You know, I mean, I don't want it to be one of these days. And then, <laughs> you know, you know how it is like missing two free throws early on. So my next time up, I get up there and I hit a ball in the gap and I see the outfielder run and hit the wall. And I, I can't tell if he caught it, if he missed it, I, you know, but I didn't see the ball anywhere. And so I was just, you know, I wasn't a fast runner, but, but I'm just running as fast as I could around first and second, which is not very fast. And I can, <laughs> see, I can see my, my third base coach is like, Damon, slow down, slow down. You're all right. It went out of the park, you know? And, oh. and he's like, you know, and as I was running, he's like, you hit a home run in the college world series. Enjoy it, you know, enjoy it. And so I get, <laughs> I, I get home, I get to home plate. Then after the game, I'm leaving and coach Brock, uh, somebody says, Hey, coach Brock wants to talk to you. And so he's sitting in his chair, you know, pale as can be. So I, he comes over and he's like, lean down. So I lean down and he says, you know, he goes, <clears throat> you know, that home run you hit in the, th- in the third inning or fourth inning. I said, yeah. And he's like, that was the ugliest fucking home run trot I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know? And he looked at me and then he just looked away. Didn't even say anything else. He just looked at me, told me how ugly my home run trot looked away. And then Travis, last I ever saw him, the next day they checked him into the hospital and he died the next, the, the following day. Oh, wow. You know? wow but wow. what a courageous guy to be out there to the end, you know? And I'll never forget them. Him, and I don't know if I'm supposed to swear here or not, but what a, what a, what a, what a great, uh, you know, thing. So that was, that was something I'll never, never forget. No, I, I can understand that. I think he, he passed away seeing what he loved to do, you know, loved to do most or what loved, loved yep. to watch the most, which is baseball. And yep. one more joke for the road is always good. <laughs> yeah. And he just, he just told me and then he just looked away like, okay, it's time for you to go. You know? <laughs> but he learned so much, so much, you know, from it was such a great experience. No, definitely. What would you say you, the biggest lesson you learned in college? The biggest lesson I learned in college was, um, I mean, if I had to do it over again, I, I would have focused more on my studies. You know, I got through, but, you know, um, and it's amazing because, you know, now I'm in the I'm, I'm in the uh, education world, you know, my whole mm-hmm. my whole career. Mm-hmm. And uh, for anybody who's in college or, or, you know, just take it serious, you know, take it serious and uh, don't waste your time. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and just because you're going to need what you learn there later on in your career. So that, that's probably the, the and enjoy it, though. Enjoy it. I always tell I, I talked to this guy who was who a sales guy. He said he just graduated from SC, an old uh, a water polo player. And I said, you should have stayed in college a couple more years, you know, and uh, have some fun. He's like, I know, but uh, enjoy it while you're there. And then once you get in the real world, you're in the real world. Agreed. <laughs> you know, I 100% agree with you on that, you know. All right. Well, based on your experience, you had a heck of a, like I said, career of like sports. And yeah. uh, based on your experience, what will be your best advice for the next generation of people like yourself? So I recently, um, I recently wrote a book called the, the learn it all leader mindset mm-hmm. tools and traits. And it's about, it's a, it's about, you know, how I model my leadership after my leadership style from, 
people like Andy Lopez, the other coach I had is John Nochi and Coach Brock. I lost uh, sight. I, I lost touch with Andy Lopez for a long time, 30 years. But I caught up with him when my book came out. I was out. I went out to Tucson. I gave it to him. And he said, uh, he called me up two weeks later. And he's like, hey, Lemby, that book you wrote, that could help other athletes. You know, it, and, it's, and it's like, your story is, is, is what, he's like, I wish I had that. He's like, you know how many times, it doesn't have to be just a baseball player. It could be a, a tennis player or a woman volleyball player. Mm-hmm. They, they call me up and they say, coach, my career is over with. What, what do I do now? You know, and, and so for me, what, what I learned is, like, when my career ended, you know, I was disappointed. I was, like, I thought I was going to keep playing. I thought I was going to have a shot. I always thought you keep playing until you're not good enough to play anymore, right? And I didn't get drafted, and maybe I should have went the independent route, but I decided that was time for me to to move on. And I, I was just, you know, I didn't know if I had the skills, right? And so, but what I have to say out there to the athletes who are making this journey from sports into the business world is, First of all, if I can do it, you can do it. And you have so many transferable skills, so many skills that you learned playing basketball or soccer, even at the high school level, but especially mm-hmm. at the college or, or pro level. You know, you, you know, work ethic. You have you have, you know, you know how to collaborate and play on a team. You know, you have the competitive drive that athletes have. You know, athletes also know how to take care of themselves. Right. You know, you have to yep, which is important. And then also, Travis you know, athletes know how to learn. You know what I mean? When you have to do things, you got to learn, you have to have that learning agility. So there's so many of those skills that you can translate from sports into being an entrepreneur or like in my company, I would say 15% of my staff just by chance are ex D1 athletes, you know, and, you know, on the sales, they're women, women volleyball players and ex baseball players and, we have quite a few swimmers, you know, and it's all, it's kind of that athlete mentality of, you know, like in baseball, you fail seven out of 10 times, you could be a millionaire, you know? So <laughs> you know, Agreed. it's about all about dealing with failure and, and, and getting up and doing it again and, and, and everything. So that's really my, you know, for the athletes out there listening to this, um, you know, Hey, yeah, maybe maybe that 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 part of your life's over with. You shouldn't let that be your total identity. That's not. You, there's more to you than just that. But you can take what you learned and you can put it into the into the business world or whatever world you want to go in. So, and a lot of these athletes are so young. I mean, yeah. even if you're even if you play a couple of years in Europe, let's say, and you're 28 or 30, right, or whatever. You got a long time left. You got another 25, 30 years to be really productive in the business in, in the business world. So mm-hmm. make that transition and believe in yourself. I agree with you on that. Now, we're gonna go <clears throat> like a little bit back to the end of your career. And mm-hmm. obviously you said you didn't get drafted, mm-hmm. you know, and you said you went to the business field. Now mm-hmm. people say that they kind of know when to hang it up. Uh what made you hang your your cleats up so early when you obviously, you know, probably had an opportunity to play in the major leagues or at least triple A, double A, whatever, you know, everything goes. Well, I was, I was upset that I didn't get drafted for one, you know, 
And, and honestly, and I felt like I left it all on the field and I could have, I could have, I got in a big fight with my dad about a big fight. He really wanted me to go the independent route and everything. And, and I, and I just said, and I don't know, maybe I was a little tired of playing anyways, you know, at that point. And so I just said, Hey, this is going to be, I don't, I don't want to do it anymore. I, I gave it my best shot. I feel good about giving it my best shot. So now I need to move on. I'm 22 years old. Now I need to move on and, 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 start the next chapter of my life. And I'm one of those guys where I think as much as I love my baseball career and I got so many great stories and and a thousand great friends, I'm sure just like you and everybody else does. I I don't want to just live in the past all the time. I want to, I wanted to, you know, make a mark for myself moving forward. So I just, um, like I said, my dad was upset with me for not trying an independent route, but it's a hard, you know, it's a hard journey, you know, to get to the NBA or to, major league baseball and uh, percentages are low. So I just decided I'm going to go from fully committing to baseball to fully committing to whatever's next in my life. And, and that happened to be, that happened to be learn it. Okay. Well, I mean, that makes sense. I think, uh, you know, at least you knew, you know, you're like, I'm, I'm going to, you know, it's time. I think a lot of athletes, we kind of just hang on to be hanging on. And, yeah. um, you know, we think we're immortal. So we think we're going to play 20 years. Yeah. And, you know, and when it's like five or six or whatever case, we have no plan to figure out what it is that we're going to do. So, like, at least you, like I said, you had a plan and you kind of figured out. Well, I figured out my plan. I figured out my plan on the way. Now, maybe I gave up a little too early. I don't know. But, uh, you know, for all you athletes out there who who can, you know, if you can make a living out of it and 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 you, and you enjoy it, then then that's okay. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just don't want them to think that that's the only thing they can do. Agree, agree. And sometimes agree. that's what happens, right? You know, it's like I can't do anything else, so I'm just going to continue to you know try to piece it together. You know, so that's not the that's not the case. Mm-hmm. No, well, I I when I had got my stress fracture in my shin and, and got another surgery. I, you know, had my second plate in my stress fracture in my shin. Yeah. I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I should have been maybe yeah. retired at 27, but I played till I was like 33 just because I didn't know yeah. what was next for me. And so now I, I do want to get into, you know, how did you create your company, you know, and things like that. I want to kind of get into that for you. Well, first of all, going back to what you had to say, 27 to 33, and we talked about this before we started recording. What an incredible experience you had. You played all over the world, you know, and, and you learned all kinds of things. So I wouldn't be too hard on yourself for it. You know what I mean? You got you got you got something, Travis, that a lot of people could would could dream of, you know. So and, and now you're here you are doing doing whatever it is you, you want to focus on next. Uh going back to how I started my company. I didn't start my company. So my story is I came, I was very fortunate. I came from a family, a really successful family mm-hmm. uh, in real estate in, in San Francisco, one of the largest real estate companies in San Francisco. And my dad, uh, you know, this was the early nineties. He was a great entrepreneur. He started everything from a savings and loan to a Chinese restaurant and a shopping center, you know, all kinds <laughs> of things. And, and, and one thing that great entrepreneurs do is they learn to solve their own problems. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to he wanted to learn how to take our real estate portfolio, our hotels and our apartment buildings and digitize them, you know, instead of keeping them on paper. 
And so he went and took a class, computer class, and he thought, long story short, he thought it was boring and slow. And so he called up a guy who was working at our savings and loan and said, I want to have a, a classes that are, that are short, fun, and that anybody can afford, you know, and, and like a community kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. and I just happened to be getting out of uh, college. My, that's when my career ended. And I was intimidated. I didn't want to go work to the, at our big real estate company. I had, so I started as a receptionist. And I still have answered more phones than anybody. I started as a receptionist and kind of worked my way up. I taught classes. I did sales. I wanted to prove to everybody, Travis, that I wasn't just like handed something. You know, I wanted to show them that I belonged. And um, and I also wanted to prove to my dad that, you know, things didn't work out in baseball. I kind of let him down there, but he was proud of me. But I, I wanted to be a successful business person like my dad and my grandfather. And so I, I worked I worked really, really hard. And about six years into it, when uh, the CEO wasn't working out, and they were interviewing for some a new CEO. I kind of threw my hat in the ring, and I and I interviewed for the position along with several other people, and I just focused on the experience I had and, and everything, and uh, working at Learn It. And so I got the job, and I've been running Learn It for close to you know twenty five years or twenty three years, been in business twenty eight years, and I'm super proud of it. I mean, Travis, we've we've trained over two million people over uh, the, that time frame. So. Wow. Um, you know, it's, it's been a great journey, interesting, you know, a lot of ups and downs and learning lessons and failures, but it's been a, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. Man, I didn't realize how many uh, people that you did train. That's spectacular. Um, you. you know, I think that that's a great thing. And I wanted to kind of circle back on something you were saying earlier about yeah. athletes and how in sales, like we know how to, work, you know, work hard. We know how to go the extra mile. We know how to deal with different personalities. You know how to deal with the team kind of, you know, kind of thing. And that is huge, uh, like, thing that, you know, translate. Because a lot, like you said, a lot of athletes just think they're, like, all I know is sports and uh, that's it, you know. But in, in your situation, in a lot of athletes' situation, like, you're teaching us to, to use our sports backgrounds into real world real world situations which is great it's great it's i i and that's one of the things i've always kind of done organically and i've tried to get more involved with it later is helping athletes because they they have so they do have so much to, to to offer and i and i i look at my current team as an example and um you know i i just think that athletes can be very productive and they need to get they need to believe in themselves and not think that their whole identity is being just an athlete because all mm -hmm. those, a lot of those skills are transferable. You know, it, it's just, they got to put in the work just like they did playing sports. No, you're right. hundred percent. Right. And, you know, and can I want to say, Damon, I want to say thank you, man. Like, thank you so much for, 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 for coming on the show. I greatly appreciate it, man. I learned so much, you know, on the daily from you, but I really learned like your story and your journey, uh, Thanks, you know, for this, you know, for this interview. Now I have one more question for you as far as, you know, for athlete's journey. And then like, please tell after the question, please tell everybody where they can find you and things like that. Cause I know so many athletes that would just need, that need your expertise. So uh, last question I'll always ask, you know, everybody that comes on the show is like, at some point of our career or life or whatever, we all kind of go through low points. 
So as when you went through yours, how did you get out of it? Was it your family? Was it yourself? Was it all of the above? Uh, how did you get out of those, you know, serious low points in your career or, or your life? Yeah, I, I, I think we all have peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. And I would say for me, the biggest low point uh, was when I, uh, in, a, in about a span of a year, uh, in, I think it was around 2009, the economy crashed. And so mm-hmm. a lot of my family's business went away and my dad died of cancer, you know, all within, um, it was an incredibly humbling experience. And how I, how I got through that uh, was mostly through family. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm fortunate that I got a solid group of, I got a solid family and, and, and a great group of friends mm-hmm. and um, also kind of like, you know, I wanted to make sure that learn it made it through. So I worked with the team that I had and we all kind of bonded together to make it through a really challenging time. And I also just, you know, even with losing my dad and everything, it's like, I also realized how grateful I was to have everything I had, you know, and, and a lot of people have it a lot worse. And so that, you know, that kind of always kept my spirits up in the sense that, Hey, a lot of people never, you know, I mean, there's hunger, there's all kinds of craziness out there, you know? Um, and so I'm just really fortunate to have everything I had keep up, keep up your, you know, good attitude and, and, and just kind of work through it. So that's, that's just my advice is that, you know, be grateful for what you have, realize there's, oh, there's people out there who have less than you have and just do your best, you know, and, and find people that believe in you and, you know, whether you want to do therapy, which I, I'm totally, I believe in is great, or you have a family who a support network, but you got to go out there and find your support network um, and, and, um, and go from there. Makes a lot of sense. I think uh, everybody needs, like you said, a support network to kind of, you know, help you figure things out, uh, either family, friends, therapy, whatever the case is. But like oh, I said, no. you know, I want to say thank you again, D. Please let the people yeah. know where they can find you, you know, if they need help with, you know, with, with everything you're doing, please. Sure. Well, for one, you can find my book on Amazon or um, Barnes & Noble. You know, it's called Learn It All Leader. Uh, my company website is learnit, L-E-A-R-N-I-T.com. Uh, it's best to connect with me on LinkedIn. If you have a LinkedIn at Damon Lemby. And if you do connect with me on learn it, uh, excuse me, on LinkedIn, send me a message and I'll send you a, a, a free class, you know, to, if you want to learn anything from Excel to, you know, basic management class, I'm happy to do it. So, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn at, uh, Damon Lemby. So, yes, yeah. yes. Like I said, if you follow me on LinkedIn, please follow him because, like I said, he he's he can really help you. You know, open some doors for for us former, not even just for former athletes, just for anybody. You know, so you know, I, I'm you know, like when I got introduced to him, I was like excited for what he's going, what he's doing, and I just wanted to continue what you're doing because uh, it's great. Um, Thanks, Travis. No, no problem. They, they, uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna just. I, I need to stop because we can do this all day. <laughs> um, but you can follow me at Travis W Reed. That's R E E D. Travis W on Instagram and Facebook. I post all my social media on on that. I got my official uh, athlete's journey uh, page is up on Facebook now, so you can you know I'll be posting about that as well. Uh, 
I also have a LinkedIn, Travis Reed, like I said. And if you're looking for for Damon, I, he's one of my friends on there. So you can just type his yep. name in on uh, on LinkedIn too. And as you can see, I, the merch is back. The Travis Reed Nathy's Journey merch. I got to send Damon in the D some you know some shirts. Don't forget. Oh no, I promise. I want, you a, sh- I want a shirt. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> will send you some. Uh, they just message me or DM me, and I, I will you know get me your address and all that. And like I said, I'll send you. Want to say thank y'all for coming out. See you uh, next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.